the Lord has just really given me a couple of words, two or three words, and I just thought it's a perfect opportunity before we go into communion just to share them and encourage you. Because I was so encouraged. And really, more in the preparation area, for example, one of the words is from 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14. And it reads like this, If my people will humble themselves and pray, if my people will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive them their sin and heal their land. Now, I don't know how you would take that, but if my people, now we are God's people, would humble themselves and pray. Now, I know we pray, I know we pray individually and we pray in house groups, but it's, it's really, really important to pray, but not just pray, it says to pray and seek my face. Seek the face of the Lord, seek God's direction for us. When Elijah went running, and he had to seek God's face. God said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah answered God, said, well, I've put all the, the priests of Baal to death and we've had this amazing worship time and now Jezebel's going to try and kill me. Oh, and by the way, there's, and I'm on my own. But God said, no, you're not on your own. There's another 3,000 that haven't bowed the, nail yet, uh, bowed the knee yet to Baal. There's another 3,000. So you're not on your own. And sometimes as a church, we can think we're a little bit on our own. Within the church, we can think we're a little bit on our own. Now God wants you to say, no, you're not on your own. There's another 20, 30, 40, 50 people. 60 or 70 people. So first of all, God wants to know, you're not on your own. And that's why the beauty of this plan is about giving and uh, it, it's, it's corporate. It's a plan that we want to bring together before God. If you give 10 pence, that's fantastic. If you give 10 pounds, that's great. It does not matter. Whatever you give is, is how you give it. It's from your heart. Whatever you give, you're a part of it. And, and God firstly wants to know that we're in this together and we're all a part and that's God's plan. So there's some... Humbling and praying to do. So think about that, humbling and praying and seeking God's face. The next scripture that I had really laid upon my heart was Isaiah chapter 54. And it's particularly verse 2 and 3. It reads like this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. And I just wanted to, um, just to take each, each line of that and, and for you to think about it for a moment. This isn't just for church, this is for your life as well. This is for in your workplace, whether you're in school, teaching, whether you're a doctor, a dentist, whether, I don't know, whether you drive a bus, whatever you do, it does not matter that you can take this into whatever situation. You might not work. Even that, this sort of scripture and this principle can be taken into whatever you do. Let's have a look at it. First of all, why did Isaiah write this? And, and really was writing to the Jews, the Jewish nation, and they were really on a downer. They were really struggling. 
they were in captivity. And they couldn't see, you can imagine you're captured and you have all these promises that have been laid down before you and you can't see any future and you can't see any hope and you're a captive and you're looking to God and along comes Isaiah and gives you this. Well, alright then Isaiah, yeah, how do we do that? How do we enlarge our tents? Look at us, we're in captivity, where are we going to go from here? The amazing thing is that in chapter 53 before this, Isaiah introduces us to the promised Messiah. And if you read that, it's very, it's very good that he's pop, that this is popped right next to that because it's really talking about the church worldwide. It's not just talking about the Jews that they're going to be out of captivity. It's talking about you and I that are also a part of this amazing plan of God. The tent is symbolic for the church. And if you think about a tent, you uproot a tent and you move a tent from place to place as they did with the tabernacle when the, uh, when the Israelites were moving through the wilderness. They would move the tent from place to place. The one thing to be sure is God always went with them. Every time God went with them. And I think if you look at the church throughout our nation or throughout the world, it moves. The church moves. But God's always with the church. And we're in this part of this church and I believe God wants to move us. I believe he wants to move us and encourage us. Because if you look at society sometimes and you look at where we're going from here, you can get a little bit down, can't you? I don't know. It can almost seem like we're in captivity. And where do we go from here? We have, uh, you know, so many things coming at us through the news. So if the church is a tent, then we are part of that tent. Where does God want to move us? What does he want to move in us? So think about that. Stretch your curtains wide. I would look at this as the gospel message. Take the gospel message out wide. To all areas. Take it to your school. Take it in your workplace. Take it to the shop. Take it on the bus. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Take the gospel message with you. How do you do that? You live and breathe the gospel message. And I know we get things wrong. Me more than anybody. I know that. Wasn't it amazing when you get it right and you take that gospel message how people's lives are changed? And how your life has changed. And God wants us to be changers of lives. Changers of lives. As a church. He wants us to change people's lives. He wants you, whatever you are doing, he wants you to change people's lives. And you can and it is possible to do that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Seek God's face. Humble yourself in prayer. Change people's lives. It would be great if it can be life changers. Amazing. Amazing gift and opportunity in this life that we've been given that we can change somebody else's life. That's stretching your curtains wide. Spread the gospel. Do not hold back. What stops us from doing things? Think of the one thing that stops you from doing things most. What comes to mind for me is fear. Fear comes to mind for, for me. Do not hold back. How do we overcome fear? We humble ourselves and pray. We seek God's face. Humble yourself and pray. Seek God's face. Change people's lives. Live the gospel. Do not be afraid. God is with you. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Step out in faith. Trust that God is with you. God said, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you think he said that because he wanted us to feel good? He said that because it's true. It's true. Do not fear. Lengthen your cords. Now what's lengthen your cords? Where can we go for that? I kind of think that within our lives we have to do a lot of forgiving. And we have to be forgiven a lot. 
I really believe that. And, and, I, and I think it's a little bit like going the extra mile. You know, it's like Jesus said, if somebody strikes you on the right cheek, let him strike you on the left. If somebody takes your coat, give him your trousers or your jacket or whatever it might be. It's that, it's that principle. Isn't that difficult, don't you think? Who finds that easy? When somebody really winds them up or upsets them and you forgive them but continue. That just isn't so easy, is it? But as we humble ourselves and pray and we seek the face of God and we spread the gospel message, the fear will disappear. It just will. And you'll find you'll step into uh, into more difficult situations than you could ever dream of, but God will not leave you. He'll step into them with you. Some people might say that he's actually there before you. But God knows and God's purpose. And that's us as a church. Let's not fear. Strengthen our stakes. Now the thing is about church, we all know that as church grows and people come and numbers get added, what can happen is, you kind of have like, uh, I think I'm right in saying this, and forgive me if, I, if I'm saying the wrong thing, but they're usually certain, what you call pillars of the church, you know, uh, Towers, strong towers, encouragers. I would think in this room of this fellowship church, and not wanting to embarrass people, you could think of people like Harry Sharp, and Roland, and um, Brian, and people like Eric, and Michael, and, and many others. And sorry to mention that, but in all fairness, don't cringe at this because it's true. How many years have you been coming to this church, worshipping God faithfully, Investing in this kingdom. How many years? I bet if we added all those years together, it'll be a lot. So don't, don't feel embarrassed about that because it's a wonderful gift that God's given you. And I apologise if I have put you in such a place where you think, oh no, don't mention me. Because Jim again is another one. And there's people that I haven't mentioned. But people who have been here, I mean I've only been here 20 something years. People have been in double that. I mean I can't believe that I've been here since 1987. Who's believed that? You won't think that would you Eric? When I used to argue with Eric when I first came here, saying, well, well, Eric, yeah, but it's okay to fiddle tax, isn't it, Eric? Because I was a business, I just, I used to do that. I'd come to know Jesus. I, I struggled like crazy with that. I didn't like giving the tax man all my money. Eric used to, Eric used to get his ear bent all the time. You did, didn't you? I don't know if you remember. But it was a real pillar of strength for me in my life as a Christian. And that's what I'm saying, pillars of strength. However, those pillars do get weak and we have to strengthen them. How do we strengthen them? We pray for them. But not only that, we become pillars. If the tent gets bigger, let's get some more pillars. Let's get some more poles to stand in place. How do you do that? Come on, you know it. Humble God. Humble yourself before God. Seek his face, pray, spread the gospel message. You know the answers to this. We have to do it, don't we? Be encouraged. If we're going to move and God's going to stretch this church out to the right or to the left, isn't that not great? That we would see other... There might be... (laughs) And he also said there might be another Peter Folsom where I doubt it. But uh, (laughs) there could be other people that... Are right, just waiting. The harvest is right, we're told. That are waiting. And, and sometimes in all our preparation, let's face it, preparation gets a bit tedious, doesn't it? You know, you want to get the job done, don't you? If you're having something decorated, you're having your house decorated, you want it to be decorated. You want the carpeting, you want it finished, then you can get on, don't you? It can get a little bit tedious. We rush things. 
And that isn't to be the case in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom of God. You don't rush things. God won't be rushed. We walk with the Lord. And we seek his face. And that's what you and I have to do. And we encourage each other to do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7. This was the other word. We're talking about giving out. And possibly giving that little bit more. And, and sometimes we can think, well, what with the, with the recession and all that we've got to cope with, how can I give something else? And the way you give is just with a cheerful heart. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give under pressure. And feel absolutely free and absolutely at home whether you give or you don't. And that is so important. That what we've, what we've introduced this morning about giving is fantastic that we can do that and those that can is great. But please, 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 in no way at all as a church leadership or as a church body of Christians would we want anybody to think, well, I can't give because I don't have it. That's okay. You can give of yourself to Jesus Christ and that would be amazing. You could seek God's face. You can pray. You can spread the gospel. That costs nothing. All these things, they don't cost anything. And, and as a result, you're giving that way as well. It's just amazing. God, God can give us all that we need. It's been my experience in my life and I want to share it with you that it can be your experience that God will give you everything that you need. And always remember he looks at what's coming from the heart. He looks at what's coming from the heart. So however you give, whatever you give, whether it's in prayer or whatever, God looks at your heart and he wants to know, you know, the words that you speak, where are they coming from? Are they coming really from in here? God wants honesty and truth and righteousness. And that's our Lord. And, uh, And I just want to encourage you this morning. Be encouraged. I really believe we're on a great journey. I really do. I think that God truly wants us to seek his face, for sure. Let's keep seeking God's face. Not that we haven't been doing already, but keep at it. And let's be positive and enlarge our tent and stretch wide. Let's go for it. And and when Richard comes along, let's just open prayer. Let's keep praying for him. Pray for him now as he's coming. I'm sure we are doing. But continue to pray. Pray for the minister. I wonder what God has got in store for us. Let's keep praying. Let's keep seeking God. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it, to see this, this church start to grow in number and people come back to know Jesus Christ. Because we all know, let's, we all know it's the best thing, don't we? You know, we know it's the best thing, don't we, Edmund? Where would you if you'd never asked Jesus Christ into your life today? Where would I be? I dread to think. I dread to think. I owe everything to God. Everything. I owe my life, my family. Everything I have is the Lord's. Everything I own is God's. It belongs to Jesus. Because I would have had nothing. Because God took me from nothing and put me to where I am today. And it's amazing. And I don't deserve it. And it's just a, a, an amazing grace of Jesus Christ. It's fantastic. So, so be encouraged. Let's learn to dream a little, okay? Let's learn to dream. Our dream is that our pastor would come, and I'm, I'm assuming it's our dream, this is my dream anyway, <laughs> that our pastor would come and would encourage and work with us and then we'd be able to go out in the community and we'd see people saved and others come to Christ and the church would grow. That would be my dream. I would love that to happen in this, in this, in this place, in this valley. 
I just really would. And I hope that's your dream as well. If our dream is to be a city on a hill, if that's what our dream is, we have to shine like stars, don't we? We have to be a salt and light. If that's what God wants us to be, that's what we've got to be. But it's at places like this where we come before God to the communion table and we say, Lord, I just can't do this. Because God wants honesty. Because if you're a little bit like me, I feel sometimes I just can't do it. I can't say, I can't tell this person about Jesus. I just can't do it sometimes. I don't know why, I just can't. I find it difficult. But here, when we come to the table and we remember Jesus, how Jesus died and the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus that was shed for us, and how we are cleansed and how we are put into a new place, then from that we can be empowered to do these other things. So maybe as we prepare for communion this morning, maybe we'll just think about these things, think about our walk with Christ, think about our prayer time. Are you seeking God's face? For your life, for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for everyone you come into touch. Are you seeking God's face for that people? You can think about that. Are you able to spread the gospel? Were you once telling people about Jesus and for some reason you're not doing that anymore? Because it's gone lukewarm. Are you in that place? How, how are you this morning? And bring it before God and we can all do that before our, um, as, we, as we share communion.